all of us tell ourselves privately that we drink beer because we like the flavour. Careful here, Matt, because the last time you told people how they think, I think you might have got some uh, nasty things that people say online. Thanks to Cryer Malt and the good people of Sydney's Inner West. This is Radio Brews News. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me live in the in our uh, outside broadcast studios at the Royal Albert Hotel in uh, Surrey Hills, Matt Kierkegaard. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, sound effects, sound effects. We get to actually clink. And up. James Atkinson. There we go. Giddy up, boys. Uh, welcome, listeners. Yes, uh, Matt and James and myself. Uh, drinking uh, all the way from Mary Cup in WA, from the beer farm. We're drinking the uh, IPL, which apparently stands for India Pale Lager. We, we learned something today, and hopefully uh, at the end of this 40-minute piece, you guys will have learned something too. Uh, this week in uh, Radio Brews News, all the news that's making news, we look at rarity drives popularity. When did scarcity begin to equal greatness? Uh, in takeover news this week, there have been no takeovers, so we ask you to nominate who's next. And a review of the amazing sold-out seven-venue tour of Sydney's Inner West by none other than your very own Brews News crew. Uh, lads, let's start with that. We're, we're here in the heart of, um, of Sydney, and we've uh, done our first um, live tour, I guess you could say. Matt, talk us through it. Yeah, mate. Look, at, uh, first of all, great to see you both uh, guys IRL. Um, you know, it, 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 we had a great day yesterday visiting a number of breweries in the, in the West, having a few beers last night. Thank you very much to uh, James Squire and uh, Paul and the team there. But, uh, no, look, it's, it, it, yeah, it's just nice to sit and record being able to uh, gaze into each of your eyes. So uh, thank you for uh, being part of this. Um, Easy, Tiger. <laughs> although James's eyes are a little bit bleary. Um yeah, no, yes, I had a great day. James put together an itinerary taking us through some of the Inner West uh, breweries. And um, it, it, it's a precinct that we hear a lot about, the number of breweries and Australia's craft beer capital, I think it's described describing itself as, or people are describing it as, um, and putting a lot of other precincts out of noses out of joint. Um, but yeah, yesterday was a, a really nice uh, trip, and not having been to any of the breweries that we visited and seeing three very different breweries that are all within a very short walk um, but each with a, a, a very unique offering making some really good beers um, but providing uh, excitement and uh, you know showing James has been reassuring you and I prof for a while that there isn't too much clutter in, in the inner west um, that there, there aren't too many breweries that can support it and when you look at the, the, the venues and what they're offering they are each offering something that's a little bit different so yeah it was a really exciting day and we're probably pumping our tyres up just a little bit to, to say, you know, it was a grand seven venue tour. The reality is we walked around Marrickville, but in that uh, in that morning and afternoon, we managed to uh, touch base with uh, Batch, then uh, the soon-to-be-opened Stockade, then Source, then Grifter, then uh, Malt Shovel, uh, and there were probably... A, and Wayward, we went to... Um, Wildflower. Wildflower as well, obviously. We popped in on Topher um, for an episode of Beer is a Conversation that you can look forward to. Um, but yeah, look, a great, a great day and good for you guys to see some of these breweries, which, you know, certainly in the case of Batch and um, Grifter, like they're really hyper-local brands that don't, you know, you don't really see their beers outside of um, Sydney too much at all. And I think that, you know, you probably tried some beers yesterday that have 
every right to be seeing a, a broader market because I think that those guys have just been very focused on um, you know keeping their heads down and working really hard. And I think that you know, those beers people would be enjoying them on you know if they went to a larger scale production. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but I think the thing for me that stood out is that. Um, it, Apart from the fact that it's a very vibrant um, sort of uh, area, just just to walk around, uh, but it's really sort of I guess it, it's established itself, and each of them in their own way is really uh, carving out a niche, but very slowly and organically. So it all has a platform of um, sustainability. Uh, nobody's trying to oh we've got some great beer and our mates tell us it's really good, so we're going to start sending it to WA or to Brisbane, you know, starting tomorrow. It's really no, you know what we'll build it and, and let them come. And on that note, I think that you know people's um, expectations of what it's what it's going to be like running a brewery business might become a little bit unrealistic if they sort of look at how fast pirate life grew for example to i believe you know 2.5 million liters you know annualized production or thereabouts uh, in the space of two and a half years um you know i was speaking to jamie cook recently and they um, said that fixation is now doing 300,000 litres a year which it's got to in two years and that's more than Stone and Wood was doing um, after its second year. Um, He said you know we can basically say to our staff point to you know one of the fermenters in um, you know in uh, Merba and say that's more beer than we made in an entire year in in one of those right now. So I just think that with Batch and Grifter, it's kind of really quite encouraging just to see two businesses that are taking a really patient approach to, to growth. Interestingly, um, when we were at Batch, they uh, said that they've only just crossed over that 300,000 litre um, threshold that puts them in the medium brewery category. And I think um, Grifter's probably there or thereabouts um, as well and selling 95% of their beer through draft, which is also... Um, pretty unusual. Just on that, Jamie Cook still speaking to us. Are we? Is he? Are we still friends? Because it's fair to say that he he did cop a bit of a battering, which I thought he he batted uh, back very well. Gave as well, not gave as good as he got, but he certainly uh, I think he uh, maintained his his demeanour beautifully and uh, and made some interesting comments that perhaps some people uh, took umbrage at. Yeah, I mean. I don't think Jamie's annoyed with us. He knew what I was writing, exactly what I was writing. So um, he, he uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I think he's, he's comfortable with it. And, you know, I suppose when you put a strong opinion out there, um, you've got to be, you know, expecting that you're going to probably get some criticism either way. Just like when Pirate Life made the decision to sell, they had to be expecting that they would get some criticism. So that's just the way these things are. It does show there's a lot of passion around. But at the same time, when you look at some of the comments that get posted, you know that people haven't read the article, you know, and and you just sort of think, I'm not going to let facts get in the way of my argument. (laughs) I've got a point that I want to make, and I don't care what point you made, I'm going to make my point, and I'm going to attribute my point as being answered to your point. Um, Which I didn't read. Which I didn't read. And... Like, as we come back to a lot, um, you have a right to free speech, but you have a responsibility to actually, you know, inform yourself. Um, if you're going to go to town to some, on somebody, and some of the comments were pretty pointed and personal at Jamie, and I don't think Jamie was having a go at Pirate Life in any way, shape or form. Um, I don't think he was having a dig. He was just responding to one of the common things that you see um, these days when we sell out. We did this because this is the only way we can grow our brand. And he was saying, well, I don't think think it is. Um, 
And so I, I thought a lot of the criticism of Jamie wasn't necessarily in response to what he said. Um, there just seems to be a lot of um, antipathy towards Stone and Wood because they're successful. And there seems to be this Stone and Wood has only been successful because they're doing something different to us or they're doing something wrong and you know we we hate it when our friends become successful the only thing that we hate more than craft beer not being everywhere is craft beer being everywhere and uh i guess apropos of uh you know when life gives you lemons make lemonade it uh, it's given us the opportunity to create a new segment which we're going to be launching in the next couple of weeks perhaps after christmas we we might have to just put at least a modicum of thought into it before we actually go ahead with it but um yeah reading some of the comments if if you just and we're not going to attribute them to to a particular person or from what uh facebook forum they came or or anything like that but uh at the moment we're using a loose working title of either uh, we're tossing up between old man yells at cloud or uh you know nasty things people say online um, but if you if listeners out there can uh, can think of a, a good name for the segment what we'll be doing is just randomly reading out some of the comments that are that are left not attributing them to anybody or, or perhaps even not even um, giving a context as to as to the article that they were were based on uh, so give us your thoughts and uh, Bru- uh, is it editor at brewsnews.com.au uh, producer at brewsnews.com.au there you go so send them in folks Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. Matt, sometimes beers become rare, and then we think, that's a great beer, because it's rare. True or false? Yeah, mate, an interesting article that uh, came up in my feed uh, on Punch um, online, and it was the, the title of it, we'll link to it in the show notes, of course, is when did rarity start to equal greatness in beer? And it, it, it's one of those great articles that looks back um, at the Wayback Machine um, to look at what the top 25 beers on uh, Beer Advocate was over the last 25 years. And uh, he made the point that, you know, way back in 2000, um, a beer like Duval was number four on rate beer. And uh, these, these days it's nowhere near it. But even beers such as and i'm scrolling through the article as uh, we do it um working live and without a net here folks that, that's what we do well I'm, we don't have the computers and i don't have multiple screens so we're just uh we're, we're flicking through a, a browser on the mobile it makes a point that once celebrated pioneers like sierra nevada new belgium dogfish head victory Oma gang brooklyn rogue and a dozen other top 50 breweries uh don't have a single beer in the top 250 anymore and that rarity um is, is what drives um a lot of the rankings on on uh, beer advocate and the, the most interesting one and i knew that uh west fletcheran had been number one for quite some time and no longer was uh, number one and that fall from grace coincided with the time that the that the monks who once upon a time you had used to have to phone to book a time to go pick up your one or two cards you had to promise you weren't going to sell it and all of those um because they were not 
commercial brewers. They were monastic brewers who were self-sufficient. The monastery needed a new roof, so they released something like 60,000 six-packs um, around the world to raise money for a cash injection. And suddenly the beer became this beer that had this mystique and this rarity and this novelty around it. So if you managed to get a bottle and you managed to check it in, you'd put yourself in this special category. Suddenly anyone could get it um, and it became almost overnight uncool. Um, almost as fast as uh, the, the line in Sideways when he goes, I'm not drinking freaking Merlot. You know, if they give me Merlot, I'm out of here. Merlot sales um, plummeted because of uh, one thing. And I, yeah, no, so I, th- I thought that was a really well-written article. And, you know, all of us tell ourselves privately that we drink beer because we like the flavour. Careful here, Matt, because the last time you told people how they think... I think you might have got some uh, nasty things that people say online. Yeah, well, yeah, but we all like to think that we make a decision based on uh, you know our palate and our knowledge and our understanding and that we, we're not influenced by other things. But there is a reason why beer competitions judge blind um, and none of us are immune to that. And when you look at an article like this article, uh, it, it really is a wake-up call that we are all a little bit affected by rarity and novelty and you know being cool um you know and and, and having that obscure um beer in our hand and getting to post it on social media matt interesting night last night we finished off our uh, our brews news crew christmas tour at uh cruise 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 Bruce crew crew cruise uh at the at the malt travel brewery in um in camperdown and Paul Daly and the, and the crew hosted us there, really looked after us deluxe. We had a bit of a tour, um, Chuck popped in, said hello, and we had uh, a handful of our Brews News listeners came along for a beer. Um, I, I was quite surprised. I think it's a, it was a great opportunity to, I guess, acknowledge the work that Chuck in, in, individually in particular has done, but also, I guess, you know, and, and we the throwaway term of gateway beer or introductory beer and that sort of thing, but, um, but what the James Squire brand has done for the beer, the wider beer community, uh, really can't be undersold. You're right, Prof, and you know, it was really generous of them to have a really nice to meet all of the um, listeners uh, who came. Um, and it was, it was great to have a beer with Chuck and seeing him look so well. But you are right. I mean, I remember first walking to that uh, brewery when I first started riding and Chuck you know, gave me a tour, and it was such a thrill. That wasn't that long ago, like 12 or 13 years. Um, Amber Ale was there big beer like it was the beer that they they launched with and it was the beer that they were hoping um and then they also had a pilsner and this was before we had 150 lashes this was before we had james squire golden ale which came out a little bit later um and i think the james squire journey has been really illustrative to me that whilst we all want to see big beers become more popular you know they launch with beers that really aren't that challenging these days but they never got the growth quickly that they, they wanted to and they did had to have to bring in some gateway beers um and you, you can take a view you know, people like to throw off at james squire for a whole host of reasons um and and i think that's a little bit unfair because they are a big brewery they are going for the biggest part of the market and they have tried to make really adventurous beers and found that there isn't the market just waiting for it um and, and that gives the advantage for a whole lot of small brewers to play in the niches that a big brewery like that can't but they're still doing great stuff another interesting thing last night was um having a a stroll through down memory lane through the honor roll of brewers who have been either head brewer or a uh, a brewer at either uh the old Hahn brewery from 87 
uh, and through till about 90, 98, 99, um, and then onwards from the malt shovel. Apart from the fact that I got just a little bit of a buzz to think, to sit down and go, oh, we've spoken to him, oh, we've spoken to him, oh, we've spoken to him. Even just the, the ones that we haven't spoken to, looking at the names and going, geez, a lot of guys who have then gone on to either start their own brewery or to, to move to another smaller brewery but have, have really sort of uh, made their mark. And then, of course, there are still other... Um, breweries within line who, who obviously you know uh, have provided a lot of other um, brewers in the industry it really is a training ground for a lot of the guys who have gone on to do great stuff in in the craft world and uh, you could say the same thing for Matilda Bay you could say the same thing for uh, um, little creatures that there are people with serious brewing chops going in and you know either learning their trade or um, you know, brewing there and you know, it's a very much overused term passion but there are a lot of passionate brewers even in, in, in those breweries and they just occupy that certain niche where maybe the beers aren't expressing themselves as uh, you know, loudly as some of the, uh, the, the other craft beers but they're still very well made beers. And it certainly highlights the just the wealth of, of technical knowledge that comes out of, of those bigger breweries. And we spoke last night about uh, to Hayden Morgan, who um, will appear in a, a beer as a conversation later on in the year or early next year, um, talking about you know the importance of, of learning the process. You know, starting off at the bottom, um, I think a lot miss that. Um, I know from my own experience, starting in hospitality, and I finished managing you know million dollar um, restaurant businesses in the end but I started out you know up to my elbows in suds um, as a dish pig you know doing the the night shift um, you know washing dishes but it gave me a real understanding for what the lowest worker under me or you know in my that I was to look after um, what what they were going through what what they actually physically had to do and I think that process that um, that the big breweries provide I think sometimes somebody who's you know the the really successful um, home brewer who then goes pro kind of misses uh, in just sort of opening up a new brewery and, and, uh, and I guess you know they, they miss some of that the, the basics so I think that's a, a was was a highlight for me last night quite apart from the the, the, the copper tons and everything in there to open that front door and walk in and have that smell of mash um, in, in that brewery, you, you know it's a brewery you know that there are people uh, you know making beer um, in, a, in a very hands-on way so well James has come back uh, did, did you read the article about uh, rarity equal uh, equaling greatness to me it's you know I, I don't know that these things have ever been about beer quality it's just beer geeks um, going after what is fashionable and what what excites them it's not necessarily what excites me and it's not I don't think really what excites brewers either um it just it just seems to be about extremes and and so therefore i guess i just don't i don't know i wouldn't overanalyze it too much because it is what it is so it's really just the bintang factor multiplied by uh the wank factor squared i suppose something long something like that the salient point is that you know whilst this year seems to have been the year of the new england ipa and the haze craze and we're already seeing out of the the, the u.s um pastry beers um is being the or pastry stouts is being the the the, the big thing and on one hand it, it's fantastic that it creates excitement and it creates um interest in beer which gets people involved and gets people talking about it and, and all of that is fantastic for beer on one level but let's not kid ourselves that New England IPA isn't the flares of the beer world at the moment, you know, or, or the mullet of the beer world at the moment. You know, um, we're going to look back in 15 years, photos of ourselves, you know, at 21 going, oh, geez, I can't believe I actually wore that. Um, because it's, 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 it is just fashion. We'll still be drinking beer in 15 years, but um, 
willing to bet that it won't be uh, you know, orange juice IPAs. Speaking of which, good friend of the program, Professor Charlie Bamforth, this week popped a, uh, a post on his Facebook page with a picture of a crystal clear, um, clearly filtered, uh, presumably lager, pale gold beer on the, on the left. And uh, what Charlie would probably uh, politely describe as chicken soup uh, on the right and asked, uh, asked his followers to, to vote which, uh, just based purely on appearance, which beer did they prefer? Matt, did you go left or right? <laughs> I wanted to say right, um, but I went down this rabbit hole of going, well, hold on, neither of them have got a very good head, so I don't actually think either of them look very good. And is the one on the right meant to be a pale ale? Because if it's a pale ale, yeah, I'd, I'd drink that. But if the one on the left is meant to be a lager and the one on the right is meant to be a lager, if they're the same beer style, then I'd probably go to the left. So I, I just it got too hard and I didn't answer it. You really did overthink it, didn't you? <laughs> Charlie just said left or right. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. James, did you vote? Sounds so, so Kirky Guard. Um, no, I didn't see it. Thanks for your contribution, James. <laughs> what, do you want me to lie? <laughs> I'm glad we travelled all this way to sit with you, James. <laughs> now, look, it's been the best uh, Brews News Contiki tour that I've been on, James. So as far as a, a tour coordinator, um, big ups to you. Um, kudos. You've, yeah, d- you've done really well. Dave's Brewery Tours, watch out. James's Walking Tours is um, coming to Marrickville. James Atkinson's Walking Tour of, of Marrickville. Yeah, that, that could, that could have, have legs. Now, we do still have uh, listeners. We've got one more stop on our on our trek we're going to visit staves brewery which will uh as i think we've got probably half a dozen in the can now um so that should keep uh, you drip fed listeners over over the summer period um obviously it's a little bit difficult for james matt and myself to coordinate uh between you know holidays and family and uh all those other sorts of commitments when the kids aren't at school and all that sort of thing so we have um pre-recorded a few timeless interviews so uh well worth uh, a listen to and interestingly despite the fact that we went to you know four breweries within a drop punt of each other um four very different stories so I'm really looking forward to, to listening to those back and then um, seeing what you listeners think of it. I think next week will be our last Radio Brews News for 2017. Um, so we might have a bit of a retrospective um, of the year, our hot takes for 2018. We'd really like to hear your thoughts, uh, listeners, about what beers have impressed you this year. Uh, you know, what, Maybe what beers you're going to be uh, nominating for the Hottest 100, which opens tomorrow as we record this and will have been uh, launched by the time that this goes live yeah just what what beers you've been drinking what's impressed you what styles you think uh, we've had enough of already what styles you think will be uh, big next year and if you take the time to uh, you know when, when you get home from your walk or your commute to put pen to paper or finger to keyboard we will send you a bit of merch a uh, bruise news bar blade which uh, i was raining like confetti and we should point out that uh, matt's chiropractor has got a little bit of work ahead of him or her uh in the next couple of weeks because uh yeah matt up until last night was lugging around <laughs> a shipload worth of um of uh merch some bruise news bar blade so yeah if you do uh send us in your thoughts or your reviews or your um your predictions for uh 2018 in the beer world in particular who's next in terms of uh the next brewery buyout um and perhaps if you turn out to be right not only will you get a bar blade but you'll get a second bar blade for uh for a correct guess if you uh make the right prediction i'll tell you now it's not going to be stone and wood no I'll, I'll i'll put my um the larger of the two on the line and i'll say stone and wood will be the next brewery to buy <laughs> A craft brewery. Ah. 
Ah, is that your, well, there's a nice little uh, tip to get us started for uh, next week. So listeners, on that note, have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, look after each other, be excellent to each other, drive safely, enjoy good beer wherever you are, and uh, love the one you're with. Um, Matt, thanks very much for another great year. Thank you, Prof. Uh, mate, and thank you both for you know, joining me uh, and uh, James for showing us around. James, thanks very much. Good to have you down, guys. About to do it again, maybe in a different city next time. Well, no reason we can't take this show on the road. Let's think about that. So, listeners, yeah, as Matt said, we'll be back next week with our last Brews news for the year. Uh, remember, get your predictions and your um, reviews for the biggest issues of 2017 and your predictions for 2018. Take care, and we shall see you on the other side. Radio Brews News and Beer as a Conversation are made possible by our generous sponsors, Crime Malt and Brewpack, who are not only supporting this conversation, they're supporting the good beer industry and we thank them for that support. If you like what we do and you would like to support the show yourself, you can find a link in the show notes where you can make a one-off or regular small donation. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to joining you again for another Good Beer Conversation next week. And we're out.